Welcome to the Cybersecurity TLDR Show, where we save you time by providing you the too-long-didn't-read summary of cybersecurity topics and news. You can find us on YouTube with video and all the popular podcasting platforms for audio on the go. Now let's get over to your host, John Good. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I'm your host, John Good, and this is your Threat Intel Briefing for the week of March 5th, 2023 through March 11th, 2023. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. That way YouTube will keep pushing out new content as I release it. If you're listening on podcasting platforms, make sure to subscribe on there and leave us a review as well. And this goes for either of the platforms, but make sure to let us know if there's things you want to hear about, things you want to see, maybe things you don't like about the show or the content. And I take all that feedback in and I try to make the best show possible and the best content possible for you. And also make sure to check out the description because there is a link to the show notes. So if you want to read more about the articles that we cover, maybe you want to go a little bit deeper into the details, or you want to check out some of the other articles that we didn't have time for, I'll have all those in the show notes. And that's on my website, johngood.com. But there will be a link in the, sh- in the description so that you can go ahead and check those out as well. Without any further delay, we're going to go ahead and jump right into the first article. So first article is FBI and CISA or CISA release uh, hashtag stop ransomware, royal ransomware. The Federal Bureau of Investigation, FBI, and the Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency, CISA or CISA, released Joint Cybersecurity Advisory, CSA, hashtag stop ransomware, royal ransomware, to provide network defenders tactics and techniques and procedures, TTPs, and indicators of compromise, IOCs, associated with Royal Ransomware variants. FBI investigations identify those TTPs and IOCs as recently as January 2023, so they're pretty relevant, they're pretty recent, right? Royal Ransomware attacks have spread across numerous critical infrastructure sectors, including, but not limited to, manufacturing, communications, healthcare, and public healthcare, HPH, and education. CISA encourages network defenders to review the CSA and to apply the included mitigations. You can check out stopransomware.gov for additional guidance on ransomware protection, detection, and response. So if you're not familiar with what ransomware is, basically the idea is, in summary, an attacker will infiltrate your computer with some kind of piece of malware, some malicious software, and basically it will start encrypting all of your data, which means that you need a key, a decryption key, to actually be able to use or access that data and read what it actually says. So for instance, if you have like your resume, let's say, well, normally you can just open up that resume and you can read whatever's inside of it, right? If it's encrypted, you won't be able to actually make sense of what that data is. It'll just look like a, a mess, a jumbled mess of data. And so that's kind of one of the issues with ransomware is because what happens is, these attackers say your data has been encrypted with whatever ransomware variant, and you need to pay us $100, $1,000, whatever it is, right? And typically it's in Bitcoin or some kind of cryptocurrency. But if you pay them, then they'll give you the decryption key. Then you can decrypt your data and you can just go back to using it like you would normally. That's effectively, uh, essentially what happens with ransomware and how that whole thing works. One of the reasons why that's a big issue, ransomware in general, 
is because a lot of companies are becoming infected with ransomware, right? A lot of the users will click links, will download software, they'll, you know, whatever. And basically their computers get infected with ransomware. And sometimes they'll even start encrypting things like network shares and really critical data. And it is a mess if you get hit with ransomware. It's a big deal, right? And the FBI specifically is really starting to get involved and has been for a little bit now with these ransomware attacks. They're trying to really figure out how they can combat this stuff and track down the people that are doing these attacks, right? Because it's a serious issue. If you attack things like healthcare or law enforcement or something like that, right? Like there's all these different entities where it's really bad if they get attacked. So it's a very interesting kind of malware attack or malicious software attack. And really it's started to pop up over the last, I would say 10 years or so, definitely within that kind of time period. And it's just exponentially become more mainstream in the news as of late. There's even kind of these ransomware as a service services where you can just go and pay, you know, 10, 20 bucks, 30 bucks, 100 bucks, whatever it is, right? Whatever the cost is. And you can just get this ransomware that you can easily distribute. Think of if you went to like the, the store, like the grocery store, and you just bought some bag of chips, right? Like that's so mainstream. It's the same kind of idea, right? <laughs> and that's really bad for everybody else, right? Because that means that these script kitties, right? These unsophisticated attackers or just somebody that gets irritated can just go pay whatever the, the fee is and get this really sophisticated ransomware attack and really cause a lot of damage. So it's not that surprising that we're seeing law enforcement and some of these government agencies start to step up and really, really try to impact these operations. So, but definitely pretty cool. Definitely recommend checking that out if you're interested in, uh, in ransomware attacks, right? Credential stuffing attack on Chick-fil-A impacted 71,000 users. American fast food restaurant Chick-fil-A reported that the account that the accounts of over 71,000 users were compromised as a result of credential stuffing campaign. Upon discovering the attack, the company immediately took steps to prevent any further unauthorized activity and launched an investigation into the incident and helped with the help of a forensic firm. Credential stuffing, if you don't know what it is, it's a type of attack in which attackers use automation and lists of compromised usernames and passwords to defeat authentication and authorized mechanisms with the end goal of account takeover, ATO, and or data exfiltration. In other words, attackers glean lists of breach usernames and passwords and run them against desired logins until they find some that work. Then after those, uh, those accounts for the purpose of abusing permissions, siphoning off data or both. So a lot of times what we see with this kind of attack, credential stuffing is, and password spraying is kind of another kind of attack that's kind of similar with password spraying, it would be more like I have one password and I just try it on a bunch of different accounts. Credential stuffing, again, that's using known breaches. So known breach data, like usernames, passwords, and trying to use that to get in. So they're, they're very similar kind of attacks and same kind of idea, I guess, in a general sense. But it can be highly effective, right? Especially if people reuse their passwords, that can be a big deal. Chick-fil-A informed the impacted customers. The exposed information may have included their name, email address, name, email address, Chick-fil-A one membership number and mobile pay number, 
QR code, mass credit card, debit card number, and the amount of Chick-fil-A credit, so for example, a gift card balance, on their account, if any. Exposed information may have included the month and day of birthday, phone number, and address in case the customers have saved them to their account. So with a tax like this, right, where they're able to access customer data, even if it's not highly sensitive data, so maybe it's not credit card numbers, social security numbers, stuff like that, where it's just like, okay, I see this credit card number, I'm gonna take it. So it's maybe a hidden credit card number, so you can't really tell what that is, but you get things like birthdays, phone numbers, that kind of stuff. You can use that as an attacker to mount a more sophisticated attack, right? Especially if you're trying to target specific people, maybe high profile people or something like that, then you can take that information and go to some other service that maybe you're part of another breach and just continue to use that on these other services. So, you know, it, it's a really serious thing in general, anytime user data gets accessed, even if it's not sensitive data, because it can result in other attacks, right? So everybody kind of knows what Chick-fil-A is, at least in the United States. Basically, it's a, a fast food restaurant where they specialize in chicken. Everybody loves Chick-fil-A. So, um, but, you know, just from a, a breach standpoint, that's a lot of accounts, right? Like, that's a serious deal. Next article, U.S. government orders states to conduct cybersecurity audits of public water systems. Biden administration, Biden administration announced on Friday that it will make mandatory for the states to conduct cybersecurity audits of public water systems. Water, system, water systems are critical infrastructure that are increasingly exposed to the risk of cyber attacks by both criminal cyber criminal organizations and nation state actors, the U.S. Environmental, Environment Protection Agency reported. EPA has already provided a guide to audit water systems and recommends using it. It also would provide technical support to the states in conducting future cybersecurity assessments by developing cybersecurity programs. Agency evaluated the resilience of water and sewer utilities to unexpected events, including cyber attacks, which could pose financial and operating risks, and even the credit quality of the critical infrastructure. An incident response could have significant impact on the cash reserves, Expense to mitigate a cyber attack could impact the ability of the utilities of paying their debt. So any kind of critical infrastructure is really important to have controls in place because there's a growing reliance on that critical infrastructure. So that means power grids, that means water plants, you know, that kind of stuff. Even satellite systems sometimes are talked about in that sense or are included in there. And it kind of just depends, you know, in the context of what you're talking about. But those kind of systems where a lot of people are reliant on it, right? Specifically with water, one of the issues with water is obviously we need water to survive, right? You can't survive a month without water of some sort, right? And water is used to make a lot of stuff. Probably use water when you cook. Maybe you drink water. Most of us drink water. Maybe you drink like soda or something else that uses water in it, right? So a lot of stuff has water in it. Even like cans of whatever, cans of food have water in it, right? So water is everywhere. And one of the problems with water is if you can impact it and put, let's say like fluoride or something in there or mess with the chemicals or you know something, mess with that water or prevent people from getting water, then that can cause a lot of issues. We saw, for instance, in Detroit, in Detroit, Michigan, there was a lot of issues, or Flint rather, that there was a lot of issues with the water and the chemicals 
and things like that that were in it and people getting sick and all this kind of stuff, right? And that wasn't really an episode of a cyber attack. That was more negligence and just not doing what they were supposed to do as far as taking care of the system and the water that was getting to the people. But think of that, right? If you as an attacker can cause something similar to that, that's a huge issue because in Flint, that was a major issue, right? That's a bad, bad situation to be in. And one of the things, especially here in the US, what happens with critical infrastructure is they have a ton more controls associated to those kind of systems or infrastructures because it's critical, right? It's critical infrastructure. A lot of people depend on that. So you need it to work. You need it to work as expected and not, you know, not veer off of what it should be. Same thing with like life support systems or life-saving systems, right? Like a breathing machine, a ventilator. That kind of stuff is, you know, very important and has similar kinds of controls, right? Because again, critical infrastructure, people can get serious health issues or there's catastrophic events that can occur if critical infrastructure is negatively impacted. It's just a very serious thing. We see people with power outages, right? That just have, uh, there's like deaths and things like that because people don't have like heat when it's extremely cold or maybe they don't have air conditioning when it's extremely hot, right? Like all this stuff. And so critical infrastructure, very, very important. We're just gonna see more and more regulations around those kind of areas. If you wanna be in a highly regulated area, like that's where you wanna work, that's a great place to go. They have a lot of regulation, a lot of requirements for cybersecurity stuff, and it's just getting more and more as the days go by. So really, really interesting kind of area to venture into if you're interested in that kind of thing. Obviously, if you don't like regulation, probably shouldn't go that route, but you know, so. A China to create new top regulator for data governance. China is set to create a new government agency to centralize the management of the country's vast stores of data as Beijing seeks to address data security practices by businesses and streamline its regulatory structure. If established, the agency would rule on whether multinational companies can export data generated by their operations in China, they said. It would also set the enforced data collection and sharing rules for businesses, they said. For instance, it could bar companies from collecting certain kinds of customer data or vet the data that domestic companies plan to share with foreign business partners to check for potential national security breaches, the people said. So immediately what comes to mind here is TikTok, obviously. <laughs> but, you know, we see certain kinds of regulations on data collection and what kind of data you can collect or export and do this, all this stuff in a lot of countries, right? We see this in the European Union with things like GDPR and some of these other regulations. We see this in the United States and it's increasing here more and more states enacting privacy regulations and federal government kind of trying to jump on the bandwagon as far as that goes too, because it's a thing, right? Like we're gonna get more privacy regulations, but it's interesting to see China do that. I mean, a country like China is notorious for censorship and really trying to isolate themselves, especially like their citizens from seeing stuff from like the Western world, right? That's a serious issue. But uh, it's interesting to see something like this. The new data regulator would also investigate various issues in the digital domain, such as the use of algorithms for data manipulation or for 
uh, inducing internet addiction among minors, the people said, as well as identifying data security vulnerabilities that are prone to cyber attack. Technology executives familiar with the plan have expressed concern over whether a new regulator would stifle innovation in the already bruised technology sector, coming on the heels of a two-year crackdown on powerful internet companies. In recent years, China has curbed data collection by technology companies, uh, though policy analysts have said the rule is unlikely to limit the state's widespread use of surveillance. So keep that in mind. That's kind of what we're talking about. It has forbidden certain data from leaving China, especially that which it considers crucial to national security and has required regulatory approval for dispatching certain data overseas. It also has compelled internet companies to share some algorithms with regulators. So again, you know, China, they are known to censor things, right? And when I think of things like TikTok, they're trying to get a bunch of other people's data, right? And then keep their own personal, their own country's data internal too. So then they have all the data and they can just, you know, go manipulate that or take advantage of it, whatever the case is, right? And so it's always interesting when we see regulation like this come up from some of these countries because it's like, do they really need that regulation? I mean, they're already really cracking down on people and not, you know, they're, they're just censoring a lot of stuff anyways without some of this regulation. So is it really required? It's just interesting to see when that stuff gets enacted and why that would get enacted when you're already kind of doing that. So, but I think that's more to go after some of those companies that are there that are not Chinese companies, right? That maybe don't have to uh, necessarily be really connected with the Chinese government, right? Like let's say a Facebook, you know, they're gonna fight back as far as not giving all the data to China. And they obviously wanna keep it themselves and collect a whole bunch of other data, but um, it, it's just an interesting kind of situation. Next article, 99% of cybersecurity leaders are stressed about email security. The report uncovers findings that demonstrate the prevalence in, of inbound and outbound email security incidents in Microsoft 365, with 92% of organizations failing, falling victim to successful phishing attacks in the last 12 months, while 91% of organizations admit they have experienced email data loss. Not surprisingly, 99% of cybersecurity leaders confess being stressed about email security. Specifically, 98% are frustrated with the Secure Email Gateway, or SEG, with 53% conceding that too many phishing, emails, uh, phishing attacks bypass it. Unfortunately, phishing attacks will only become more advanced in the future, this is a quote, as cyber criminals use AI-powered technology, such as chatbots, to automate and improve their attacks, such as adding video and, vid uh, and voice capabilities to text-based phishing. And then check out the email for some more statistics that you can check out too, because they had a whole bunch in the article. I'm not going to cover them all in this, in this episode, but go check those out. Yeah, I mean, email security is one of those really dangerous areas, right? Why is that? Well, for instance, users are kind of a concern, right? Users click links. Users open attachments. Users and email right, like that attack vector, that uh, medium, is a very common attack vector for attackers, for hackers, right? They love to go after email because 
users are really honestly so much easier to go after than technology, right? If you have technology that's configured correctly and securely, it can be pretty hard to bypass that. Go after a user who's already got access or something like that. Well, you know, you can trick a user pretty easily. You could just make a convincing web page or something and they'll probably click it, right? Just tell them you have like World Series tickets or something for baseball or FIFA tickets or, you know, <laughs> uh, the Stanley Cup tickets for hockey, Super Bowl tickets for football, whatever, right? People are going to click that or tell them they get a free iPad if they give their, if they log in, right? And give a username and password field. You'd be surprised how many people will fall for that and we'll just go ahead and do it. It's pretty crazy. But I mean, that survey shouldn't be a surprise. If it is, you know, just look at the numbers, right? Email is a very big concern. You can only do so much to protect against email and phishing attacks. And if your system, your, your SEG is letting stuff in and it's letting too much in, right? Well, that's going to increase the likelihood of attacks, especially successful attacks, right? Because more is going to get through. And especially if they go after a user like Monday morning, you know, eight o'clock, something like that, when they're tired and they're just, you know, they're still thinking about the weekend, they're clicking through emails. Oops, they clicked a malicious link. Oh no, now they've gotten fished and they've just downloaded malware. So really, really important and definitely a concern of all security leaders. TSA issues aviation regulations for airlines, airports facing persistent cybersecurity threat. In the latest move, Biden administration to strengthen cybersecurity protections for critical infrastructure, remember critical infrastructure operators, the Transportation Security Administration on Tuesday announced regulations to compel airports along with aircraft owners and operators to improve their digital defenses in the face of growing threats. Protecting our nation's transportation system is our highest priority and TSA will continue work closely with industry stakeholders across all transportation modes to reduce cybersecurity risks and improve cyber resilience to support safe, secure, and efficient travel, TSA Administrator David Pekoski said in a statement. This amendment to the aviation security program extends similar performance-based requirements that currently apply to other transportation system critical infrastructure. TSA said that it's taking emergency action because of persistent cybersecurity threats against U.S. critical infrastructure including the aviation sector. Koski said last year that the transportation agency was working on new rules for the industry. Additionally, White House officials have previously held classified cybersecurity briefings with airline executives in September. So again, critical infrastructure, right? Similar kind of discussion we had earlier. Critical infrastructure is really important. Things like airlines, right? Air travel, that's a big deal, right? We saw throughout COVID and um, all this stuff, through 2020, 2021, a little bit of 2022, things are kind of starting to recover a little bit now, but you know, we saw huge scares with the airlines, especially like in the United States, but everywhere, right? But since I live in the United States, really here, we saw a lot of it because all these airlines didn't have people on them. They had to uh, implement other kind of measures to keep people safe, you know, limit people that are on the planes, install different air purifiers or whatever else they had to do, right? Like all this stuff. So if airlines go down, whether that is for something like uh, COVID-19 or you know anything else, right? Just a down airline, a down airport, whatever, 
all that stuff is really, really bad, right? That can cause a lot of issues, especially if that is prolonged, right? A day, maybe not so bad, right? Kind of bad, but not so bad. We saw with Southwest Airlines here in the United States about, uh, I guess that was two months ago, we saw a big storm that caused huge issues because they didn't have planes in the right place. They couldn't relocate planes. People were getting can uh, their flights canceled. You know, that stuff is really, really bad. When airline travel, when uh, shipping or anything like that, all that kind of stuff, when that gets shut down, that affects a ton of people, right? Even like airlines, right? Think about those cargo ships that are taking your FedEx packages or whatever, right? You know, those are moving products and, uh, across the country or in different locations around the world. And if those get shut down, then how does that stuff get across the ocean, for instance? How does that get across the country? It'll take a lot longer if it can get there, if it can get there at all, right? So definitely interesting. The other interesting thing I think with this is that TSA, <laughs> I remember, I guess that was like 10 years ago, maybe a little bit less than 10 years ago, there was pictures showing up online on like blogs and stuff of like TSA still having Windows XP on their like scanning machines and stuff, right? Like this super legacy stuff. And now supposedly they're trying to set the way, right? Trying to, trying to lead the charge. So I find that ironic. You know, I guess if they've had maybe a change in leadership or something, you know, that can certainly change things. I just find it funny, right? You got to think about these past events that you hear about. And just kind of connect the dots and see if you think it's funny. But I think this one's kind of, it's interesting. <laughs> but uh, one thing, especially with the government in general, you know, any government, but especially a large government like the United States government, there's a ton of different pieces that are moving, right, for everything, right? And from a cybersecurity standpoint, implement some kind of policy or implement some kind of procedure or framework or anything like that takes so much time, right? It's not an instant thing. It will take months, maybe years, to fully implement some stuff. And that's one thing to really keep in mind, right? And in your career, if you're in cybersecurity, working in the field, think about that as you go from like a small company to a large company, right? Maybe you just start your security program and you're just building out your policies, just kind of starting out. And then in 10 years, maybe you're like a Facebook where you have this huge team of like 100 people that are just doing security stuff. You know, so that that's definitely an interesting thing to think about, too. It's kind of off topic a little bit for the article. But, um, you know, again, government goes kind of slow. So that's why they rely a lot on industry to actually create policies and create things to help, you know, push this stuff through. Biden's budget seeks increase in cybersecurity spending. <clears throat> President Biden's budget proposal for fiscal year 2024 calls for wide-ranging investments to boost cybersecurity resilience of the U.S. government and implement his recently released cyber strategy, which calls for a whole-of-government approach to boosting U.S. digital defenses. In a message to Congress, Accompanying the proposal, President Biden said this budget cements our commitment to confronting global challenges and keeping Americans safe. 
including by advancing cybersecurity. Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Agen Security Agency would get a total of $3.1 billion, an increase of $145 million compared to last year. That includes $98 million to, to implement the Cyber Incident Reporting for Critical Infrastructure Act and $425 million to improve internal cybersecurity analytical capabilities. Budget would aim to improve the Federal Bureau of Investigation, the FBI's ability to carry out cyber-focused investigations, be an additional $63 million for more agents, enhance response capabilities, and strengthen intelligence collection and analysis capabilities. So again, government moves really slow. So even if this is signed in right now, probably gonna take several years to implement, right? A lot of change, right? Anybody can spend money, right? But, you know, to implement scalable change, it just, it takes a while, right? And again, we're talking about critical infrastructure. We're talking about ways to improve how things are. If you've been following the show at all for the last, uh, you know, 10, 20 episodes, whatever the case is, right? This whole time, we've talked before in previous episodes about the idea that a lot of these agencies tend to get audited and they're found to not have what they need in place, right? There are, there are findings from several years before and then they come in and try to audit some of these agencies and find that these changes haven't been rolled out. So it's a real danger in the government sector because that happens, right? When you go to, for instance, a technology company, maybe a software company, you're gonna see a drastic change because you'll go from something very mature, slow moving, to something very agile and fast moving, right? And that's just because different industries move at different speeds, different kinds of organizations move at different, different speeds. Um, you know, so all that stuff is a consideration for sure in how things are done. But it is very interesting to see the US government in general really trying to step up at this point and really push for increased cybersecurity. It's kind of interesting how this didn't happen, you know, even like a few years ago when this has become a hot topic for the last really, you know, 10 years where it's really, really been mainstream and started to be more and more. And, you know, really we're just seeing it over the last several years where government is really starting to try and enact things. So, it is interesting, it's gonna increase. You know, again, there's more and more regulation everywhere and especially in these kind of sectors. So I think you really have to consider that, you know, especially if you're trying to get into this career field and you're trying to find, you know, where can I go? Where can I have the biggest opportunity or the best opportunity maybe just to get into the career field? Well, something with government, right? Where they're highly regulated, they're heavily regulated, financial, those kind of companies or industries, those are really good opportunities for you if you wanna to try to get in. And because again, they're gonna hire a lot of people. So that's something to keep in mind, right? Something like a software company isn't gonna hire as many people as a government agency for security, for cybersecurity. And you just have to keep that in mind, right? Like there, it is a numbers game, right? So yeah. Just want to point that out because not everybody thinks about that when they're thinking about where they want to work or where they want to go, right? Thinking I want to go to Google or this hot new startup, right? And they need like one security person and they get like a thousand applications. You know, especially if you don't have a lot of experience, 
going to some of these more heavily regulated areas can actually be beneficial because you can learn a lot from those kind of regulations. So really, really important point. Next article, cloud exploitation grew by 95% in 2022. Global threat report by CrowdStrike analyzed the trends and behaviors of recent cyber attacks. The report found that attacks had increased in both number and complexity. The report also found a surge in identity-based threats, cloud ex exploitations, and attacks that re-weaponized previously patched vulnerabilities. 71% of attacks detected were malware-free, up from 62% in 2021, and interactive intrusions, hands on the keyboard, increased 50% in 2022. There was a 112% year-over-year increase in access broker advertisements on the dark web. Additional cloud exploitation grew by 95%, and the number of cases involving cloud-conscious threat actors nearly tripled year-over-year. An uptick in social engineering tactics targeting human interactions, tactics such as direct victim uh, vishing direct victims, download malware and SIM swapping to circumvent multi-factor authentication, MFA, are increasing in prevalence. So if you've never heard me talk about cloud, I highly recommend you learn about cloud, right? Look into cloud certifications, look into cloud vendors, look into cloud offerings, learn about cloud, right? Try to get a job in cloud. Cloud is a very um, uh, large emerging area and it's going to continue and continue. It's not just because of what's happened in the last few years, right? Certainly that has uh, accelerated the growth, right, in cloud, but that is not why that we're doing more and more cloud. We're doing more and more cloud services and offerings because it's just better, right? Like it's scalable, you don't have to go buy a server, you can just rent one, right, in the cloud. You don't have to have a data center of your own. You don't have to pay somebody to do security, physical security and walk around your facility because you have a data center. You don't have to get the badge readers on there. You could have an entirely remote workforce, right? Like that's important. And so I can't stress learning cloud enough <laughs> because we need skilled people who can secure the cloud, who can deal with the compliance regulations in the cloud and deal with the attacks in the cloud it can test for cloud security vulnerabilities. It can do all this stuff, right? Like these are all important things. And I just, I cannot stress enough that you need to learn about cloud. So keep that in mind. With that, that's gonna wrap it up for this week. That was our last article. Again, this was your Threat Intel briefing for March 5th, 2023 through March 11th, 2023. I'm your host, John Good. If you enjoy the content, the show, make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. That way YouTube will keep pushing out new content when it gets released. And then if you're listening on podcasting platform, make sure to subscribe on there and leave us a review as well. Check out the description because there is a link to the show notes where you can check out all the articles we've talked about and more. And with that, we're going to go ahead and wrap it up for this week. Thank you for joining me and I'll see you next time.